0: So I'm here to introduce to you Kyle Rogers, who is has holds two jobs here uh, at Midway. He is our worship leader, a director of worship and all beautiful things. He's also the director of community connections, and that has been fun to start to do together. The scripture that he picked for today is First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 17. I told the A V people that there wasn't a song, so, or a scripture, so this is my fault, it's not on the screen. Here's what it says. First Thessalonians tells us to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Will you, Kyle, a round of applause as he joins us on stage.
1: Thank you, Alyssa. Um, I have to say, it's so much fun working with Alyssa, and she is... Um, just one of the most dependable people but I was very thankful last week because I was just horizontal in bed and I, I came home early from the the children the youth we did bowling and all kinds of stuff our youth our lock-in and um, I was just laying in bed and I was like I, I don't know how I'm going to give my testimony I and I can't even get up you know and she just sent me a text the first thing the next morning was like we're pushing it back and all and I appreciate your flexibility. I still have no voice, but here, here we are. We're getting through this, so uh, thank you guys for all coming today. Um, my name is Kyle Rogers, and it, it is truly a privilege to stand before you today and give my testimony. I was born in Athens, Georgia, and I grew up about 10 minutes down the road uh, in Watkinsville, Georgia, in Oconee County. My parents were both public school teachers in Oconee, and I have one sister. We had a fairly undramatic and straightforward upbringing. We were in school during the week. We went to church on Sundays, and occasionally we could be found cheering on the Georgia Bulldogs over in Athens. My journey uh, in the church began at Hebrew Christian Church in Statham, Georgia, uh, in an area known as Dark Corner, the name coming from the time before cars when a person on a horse-drawn wagon would leave their home before sunrise, head into town, and then return home after sunset because uh, it was in such a rural part of Oconee County. I always enjoy telling folks my road to faith started in a place called Dark Corner. Hebron Hebron was a small church, and it still is fairly small today by most standards. Uh, But in my childhood, I was generally the only student in my class in each grade level of Sunday school. My sister is two years older, and she would always graduate up to the next level of Sunday school, and I'd follow right behind her. So we were never together, um, but there just weren't that many kids at church. And I think she was generally a solo Sunday school student as well. I was extremely shy as a kid, painfully shy. And when I think back now to all those years of Sunday school from pre-K to middle school age, it amazes me how large of an impact my Sunday school teachers had on my upbringing. Each and every Sunday, they came to church fully prepared to teach a lesson to just one child. I never heard them make any remarks about this or complain about having to put forth so much effort for just one student, and as an adult reflecting back on this, it's pretty incredible. I'm sure there were many days when these teachers woke up tired or just wanting a day off. Almost all of them were public school teachers during the week, but they came to church anyway with a prepared lesson and taught me lessons straight from scripture. These were the days when I first learned about Adam and Eve, Noah and his ark filled with animals, Jonah and the whale and then some guy named Jesus who died for my sins. As kids, I don't think we're truly able to grasp a lot of these concepts, and we just learn them as stories from this super old book and don't think about them being real or much less applying them to our own lives. However, I do think learning about scripture at a young age was an important factor for growing my faith later on in life, as it gave me a foundation in which I could reference the real life accounts of men and women who put their faith in God no matter the trials they encountered or the consequences they faced. It will come as no surprise to any of you that a large part of my growth in faith has been fostered by my love of music, whether it be just listening and enjoying music or if I'm performing somewhere or leading a congregation in song. As I look back on my music addiction, it is clear that God instilled something in me from the very start that would always draw me in this direction. My earliest memory of playing music uh, came when I was three or four years old, and my grandfather, Glenn, who I called Pop, walked me across the street from his house to my great-grandparents' house. They were just right across the street. Um, and they had an upright piano there. As a kid, it's fun to just bang on the keys and explore all the highs and the low sounds and just get a feel for the whole thing. Um, however, I, I recall Pop showing me a boogie-woogie bass line on the piano with his index finger, and immediately having that information glued somewhere in the front of my brain and it's still there today. I mean, I never forgot it. Um, Several weeks or months after this experience, I recalled returning to the same piano with Pop and remembering how to play all the exact notes he had shown me previously, which Pop was fairly surprised about. Not long after that, my great-grandmother, Annie, offered to pay for a year of piano lessons for my sister and I, and if we liked the lessons, we could continue from there. It just so happens the closest piano teacher to my family's home was in a subdivision right next to ours and my sister and I started taking lessons from a lady named Cosette Eatson. She was a character. She was loud, she was animated, she was very funny, she, whether or not it was intentional. Um, she was always encouraging and provided much needed guidance for me as I was trying to wrap my mind around this piano thing. I usually wanted to learn things far beyond my beginner's skill level, and she was patient and would help me break down these big pieces of music into little chunks, and I'd slowly learn them over a period of months, sometimes even years. Uh, when I was in second grade, I remember being infatuated with the song "He Lives" that we started off with today, and thinking I've got to learn the song immediately. I was a strange seven-year-old. Uh, I asked Cosette if it was okay to start working on the song since it wasn't part of our curriculum, and she was so supportive. I showed up with a hymnal, like it wasn't even like a like a beginner version of the song and she was just like yeah let's do this um, and so we broke the song down i slowly made my way through the whole thing through her encouragement i began to grow confidence of playing the piano and my love of music continued to grow another reason i believe god put cosette in my life uh, had to do with her expansive style of playing the piano i'd never seen anyone play the piano like her when i first started taking lessons and truthfully i don't think i've seen anyone play like her since It seemed like every song she played, she would find a way to play every single note on the piano. When I started learning hymns, she taught me to add extra notes, especially on the lower bass side of the piano. She told me I could play straight from the hymnal, but that it usually sounds too flat and people won't pay much attention to what you're playing. She placed a greater importance on engaging and connecting with an audience rather than just playing notes exactly how they are written on the page. At the time, I thought every piano teacher was probably like this. But as the years have gone by, I mean, I've learned that Cosette was darn near one of a kind, and I consider it nothing short of a blessing that she was my first piano teacher. God put me right where I needed to be before I even knew the journey I had begun. I'm not sure exactly when I started playing the piano at church, but I would occasionally play a special song every couple months or so. I was probably in third or fourth grade, and I remember being so incredibly nervous. It made me feel sick. I would question why I even volunteered to play in the first place. I kept thinking, I'm probably the shyest person in this room. Why do I keep agreeing to get up in front of everyone and do this? But God had set a plan in motion, and I was still clueless. Fast forward several years, and I found myself in high school wanting to learn more beyond the piano. Piano was great and everything, but the coolest people in the world seemed to be guitar players. So then I began on a new quest. I got an acoustic guitar for Christmas when I was around 15 years old, and I immediately set out to learn everything I could. My favorite song was Blackbird by the Beatles, so I thought this would be the logical place to start. Turns out it's not the easiest song and probably one of the last songs you should choose to start your education on guitar. But I was stubborn and determined and spent several months plucking around on the guitar, finally figured it out. And thus I was heading down a new road, the piano had fallen to the wayside. All of my energy was being channeled into the guitar now. I was a guitar player. I was thinking I would still keep up with the piano but mainly be a guitar guy from now on. However, God had other plans for me. Heber and Christian Church decided it was time to start a hip new contemporary service at 9 a.m. to complement the 11 a.m. traditional service. I wanted to play guitar, but we already had a guitar player. No one else could play the keyboard, so that became what I did. I wasn't crazy about it at first, but pretty soon I grew into enjoying the Wednesday night practices in our little community we were building at Hebron. It didn't take long before my interest in piano was renewed and I was finally starting to see God's plan coming to fruition in my life. Initially, our contemporary service got off to a slow start. We had put together a band quickly and learning new songs was going to take some time. We would have a couple live songs each Sunday, but there were a lot of songs we were uh, leading using pre-recorded music from a DVD or even cassettes. Does anybody remember cassettes? (laughs) You know, it was the kind of thing where there our lyrics projected on the wall with a bald eagle flying through the mountains as the backdrop. It was a mess. But we stuck with it, and through prayer and some trial and error, we began to find a path, and we started growing. About a year or so after that, our church community started growing, Um, and we were just starting to have these really spirit-filled services. Um, Our congregation was noticeably growing. It felt like we were following God's will and direction for the church. If you're waiting for the happily ever after, it never came in this situation. As our contemporary service was surging in attendance, our traditional service just about died out. Occasionally, I would be called to help out with the music for our traditional service, and it was a hard experience. It was hard seeing an empty church at 11 a.m. after it was packed full of a congregation singing and praising the Lord just two hours before. Eventually, the split in numbers between both services became too great and the decision was to made to combine to a single blended service with half the music traditional and half contemporary. This was the first situation I experienced in my life where I learned how difficult it is to discern where God is leading, especially when concerning an entire church congregation. While it was tempting to put all all our eggs in the contemporary service basket, we would be simultaneously cutting ties with quite a number of people who had attended Hebron their whole lives, some of them 50, 60, 70 plus years. Many of these folks who attended our traditional service were the best of the best of church volunteers. They were long-serving Sunday school teachers, Bible study leaders, elders, deacons, frequent contributors as cooks in the church, etc. Y'all know who, who I'm talking about these folks. Uh, they, there was truly no way we could ignore this group of people's voice in the church But most if not all of our growth came predominantly from our contemporary service So looking back now, I wish both sides could have been more compromising with the other um, That's just not how it worked out um, We had two rigidly different sections of our singular service and we lost a lot of our spirit-filled qualities in our service that we had um, I don't know if there's truly a correct solution to the issue we faced and we sure did pray about a lot, but it was an important learning experience in my life and it's something I lean on today. Um, right around this time I graduated from the University of Georgia and I had a job at a golf course, but I was really unsure what my future held as I was in, in my early to mid-20s. I decided I wanted to stay in the Athens area and I had no plans of changing my church home. I had gone to the same church my whole life and I never thought I'd even consider going somewhere else. Uh, Like this church like my family had been going there since the 1800s. I mean we had just always gone there Um, However, I was soon to learn an important and unexpected life lesson and soon my spiritual life would change course Through my involvement in the music program at this church We all served as volunteers and had been doing so for quite some time I felt we had a strong sense of community among the group and we worked together selflessly like a family We all served fairly equally to the cause and the workload was spread amongst the group. There were times when I had offers to leave Hebron, but I never truly entertained those offers because I believed so strongly in continuing my contributions to our music program. However, after the church received a large one-time donation from a church member who passed away, an anonymous decision was made behind closed doors to put one member of our music team on salary and leave the rest as volunteers. Um, I felt blindsided by this decision. I was shocked to find out about it after everything was finalized. Um, so I set up a meeting with our preacher a short time after everything went down, and we met at a local chick-fil-A. Where else would you meet your preacher? Um, to discuss what happened, um, I was just concerned our music program was going to lose its continuity when only one person was paid, and I made the argument that all should be considered as staff members, especially those who had served for even longer than I had. Um, not long after our church began, or not long after our lunch began, it was suggested to me that I might be better suited to go to a bigger church somewhere else as they would have more opportunities for someone with my skill set. Now I had a decision to make. Do I leave my church family that I've attended my whole life or what do I do? So needless to say, I did leave Hebron at that time. I prayed about where God wanted me to go, but I didn't receive immediate answers and I began to question why. I even began to question my faith as a whole. I thought, why am I even praying to this God who doesn't seem to care about me? I'd given so much of my time and energy into this church and felt like I was kicked to the curb. I needed guidance, and all I seemed to get in return was silence. Over the course of the next several months, I'd get calls to fill in at different churches around the area. Um, I spent quite a few Sundays down the road at Bogart Christian Church. Um, I was at Prince Avenue Baptist in Bogart for a while, West End Baptist off Boulevard in Athens, and Synergy Church in Winder, to name a few. I had a good friend who attended Athens Church, and I attended some of their evening services but nothing quite felt like home. I know a lot of people like the mega churches that feel like you're going to a concert with several thousand people. It's a smoke-filled room, but that's just never been an environment that has resonated with me. I wasn't giving up on my faith and finding a new church home, but it was continually getting harder and harder to keep my enthusiasm up after trying over and over again and not feeling a true connection in worship or the presence of God. Hey. Fast forward to 2014, and so in 2014 I was getting deep into my mid twenties. Um, I moved uh, to Athens, and um, you good. So 2014, I'm getting into my uh, deep into my mid twenties. um, Still feeling directionless in a lot of ways. Um, I I moved to Athens. I began praying and searching for a new church to call home. I'd been playing some music here and there, but I prayed God would send me an opportunity to serve at a church again. Uh, one day, I was working at the pharmacy, and Joe Hutchins happened to be our relief pharmacist for the day. This was one of the first times, if not the very first time I worked with Joe at our Coney store, as he didn't work there very often. I mean, he might work there like two or three times a year. I mean, it was very rare that he was there. Um, and so it just was amazing the way all this lined up. God had all this lined up. Um, And I believe this particular time, Joe had just served at Chrysalis the past weekend, and he had shared with me the music leader that was committed there was not able to make it that weekend, so Joe got thrown into leading the music, and he was so nervous about it, but it went really, really well, so he shared that with me. Um, That was just kind of a neat story. And then so later that same day, a worship leader I used to work with happened to come in the pharmacy for a prescription, And Joe shared with him about the Chrysalis weekend, and this music leader said, well, you should have called Kyle. He plays guitar, he plays piano, he sings. Um, And so that's kind of how Joe found out about what I was doing uh, previously. Uh, So Joe and I were just getting to know each other, so we had not discussed my previous experience in leading worship before this encounter at the pharmacy. Um, Shortly after this time, Joe had mentioned to David Moore that he found a potential candidate, to come help lead the songs at Midway, um, as they had a piano player, but there was no one leading the singing. Uh, Pastor Moore reached out to me. Uh, we met at the Your Pie in Watkinsville one evening and quickly decided I would be a guest music leader a couple Sundays to see if Midway was a good fit. Um, I'll never forget how nervous I felt on my first drive down 316 on my way to Midway. I didn't know anyone at this church. I knew Joe Hutchins a little bit but we had not worked together so much, so it was a very fresh start. I feel like I got to the church around 8.30 or so, and I met my first two Midway folks. Ann Fulcher and Margaret Stepp were here. <laughs> I felt like such a stranger walking through that door, but these two ladies instantly greeted me and made me feel at home. I can't recall much from those first services, but I'll never forget the kindness shared of share with me by the loving people at Midway. Um, After several months at Midway, um, I officially met Eulene Knight when she came up to me after service and said something like, you've been here a while and if you're really going to be our music leader, we need to get to know each other. Uh, She and I went to lunch at a subway right down the road and thus began a wonderful friendship. Uh, During this time, I was quickly approaching the end of my 20s and I had all but given up on dating and one day I recall Yuleen and I discussing this. Um, the dating world now is just like, everything's online. It's so frustrating. It's just awful. And so I was just getting really, really frustrated with it. Um, but Eulene was always encouraging me. She's like, you cannot give up on this. You cannot like, you just, you're, there's someone out there for you. And I mean, she was, she was relentless. And so, um, and she, she, she was so encouraging me. She gave me the push I needed at just the right time. And, um, in 2018, I met Jess for the first time and after we'd gone on a couple dates, I told Eulene about her. She asked me if Jess was the one and I said I wasn't sure yet, um, but I do remember Euline lighting up when, when we talk about her. I was nervous about introducing Jess to Eulene, but they really hit it off and I recall after Jess sang several hymns without having to use a hymnal for the words, Yulene told me I absolutely needed to marry her. She's the one, Eulene said, she's the one. She doesn't even have to look at the words. Where else are you going to find someone else that can do that? <laughs> and she was right. Jess is perfect. So, uh, so several years went by, and Adi, Jess and I fell deeper in love and got married. Um, Jess soon took on some roles at Midway, and I was so glad I found someone that not only completed my life, but also fell right into place in my life of faith as well. Not only is Jess the most beautiful woman I've ever met, She is a woman of faith, someone I can pray with, and life has a whole new meaning since she has come along. With the new opportunities that have begun at Midway, um, as I became the Community Connections Director last December, um, I am blessed to work with such wonderful people. Midway has truly become such a strong spiritual home for me, and I will strive to be the best leader I can be. It's not every day you get to work with people you truly love and who love you in return, and that's a blessing I will never forget. I look forward to the work we will do together in the days ahead, and I look forward to all the opportunities we have to serve our community here in Auburn. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you, and I pray each of your journeys in faith are filled with blessings and the love of God. Thank you.
0: You're not the only one crying, you know. A lot. I'm just going to, can we want to stand up and show everybody your face right now? <laughs> she <just laughs> She's so mad at me right now. Um, boy, that was great. I can't even, I always try and pull something out of everybody's, but yours is just so full of the reality of the work that we do as a church, right? For those Sunday school teachers in this room who go with our crazy kids, he's an example of what happens. Jackson is an example of what happens when you invest in the kids of the church, right? And then people like Yulene, who definitely had a personality that was yeah. different, right? Oh, yeah. She chose you, yeah. right? She chose you. But yeah. she, she walked with you. And it, you make a difference. Just sharing your, your, your story is a story of people sharing their life with you. And that's a beautiful thing. So I want you all to know that Kyle would not be here if you weren't here, right? Kyle would not be here if you weren't here. Think about these little kids who wouldn't be here if you weren't here to do what you do and to love on them. Thank you for sharing your story. That was wonderful. I loved it very much. Um, last song. You want to last tell song. us a story about it?
1: Yeah. So this song is uh, Just a Closer Walk With thee, and um, it's probably the best example of my piano teacher just being like, you just got to add all these notes to it. So uh, if you'll please stand and sing as we sing Just a Closer Walk With thee.